Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most Phil Better. And today I have a very special guest. I know I say that all the time, but this one is very special because they are the co-founder of the Pearl Collective, a creative business consultancy that helps entrepreneurs make more money, enjoy the journey by helping design clients increase their profitability, sometimes over 500%. Our guest does more than just help her clients wrangle decimal points on a budget sheet. With 20 years of experience running her own design firm, plus degrees in finance, banking, and interior design, she's obsessed with sharing innovative ways to overcome roadblocks, challenges, and detours, creating uh, and detours creative entrepreneurs face. She's also a client strategist, brand builder, human resource advisor, and sometimes a therapist. And who doesn't need that every once in a while, right? No matter what she what what ah, Words today aren't working today. Uh, no matter what hat she wears, her goal is simple. Empower her clients to differentiate themselves, drive measurable results, achieve business projections, and create perfect personal satisfaction through game-changing strategies and practices. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please let's welcome our guest, Gail Dobby, to the podcast. Gail, welcome. Thanks, Phil. Great to be here. So, Gail, I... I'm very thankful that you're here. I'm excited to learn more about you. Um, and we're going to start with the simplest question. Who is Gail? Because I read that. That's all nice fluff. fluff. It's nice fluff. But we want to get into fluff. the, yeah, we want to get into the skins and bones here. Who who are you, Gail? Please introduce yourself to my audience. That's a really great question. The The who are you could be answered in so many ways. But I think that what I'd like to say is that I'm a creative learner. And I use that to grow both myself so that I can grow my business and grow my clients. So to me, that's really the heart of who I am. And I have an adventurous spirit at heart. And I don't always get to do that because I'm pretty busy most days doing what you're doing, which is running a business. So, <laughs> But that's me in a nutshell. So I want to touch on you. You have degrees in finance, interior design and business mm -hmm. and probably 70 other things that I probably didn't mention. Um, oh, no. how, how did you go from over there to running your own business? Like, were, were you always an entrepreneur or were you a nine to fiver jumped into the entrepreneur on, uh, on a whim? Well, is there ever a whim to get into <laughs> entrepreneurship? I don't think you can really. No, it's, it's a, it's a full yeah. blood decision. <laughs> Yeah, eventually you have to make a decision one way or the other. Yes, I was nine to five. I worked for a Fortune 500 for the first six plus years outside of uh, my first degree in finance. And I was in sales and marketing and I have been in the industry of calling on interior designers and architects for years. And then I ended up getting into a variety of different um, avenues that led me to where I am today. And I had friends that were asking me to help them design their homes or shop with them and do different things. So I ended up getting a design degree because I thought, well, why not? Because it looks like that's what I should be doing. So um, by this time I'd moved to Denver, this is many years, decades. 
And I ended up starting my own business. And that was how I got into interior design itself. And I had the team and I was building a good, strong business there. And I know you'll probably lead me to this question, so I'll just jump into it. And that is, um, why did I switch into more of a digital kind of business? And it really kind of happened just over time, just like doing getting into design was accidental. And then I ended up getting a degree feeling like I needed to get trained for it. But in terms of getting into the digital, back in 2007, I don't know if you were in business at that time, but I was it was kind of I was I was just graduating high school. Sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm not that old, but uh, I'm also somewhat young for some people in business. So oh, I love that. Well, it was 2007, and I started seeing that we were starting to see social media coming into play. We saw Twitter and Facebook. And it was a little bit early for things like Instagram and some of the things we use in our industry. But I saw that there was a trend toward different behaviors from our clients. And there was a point where this young woman that works with me and my co-founder of the company, she and I both said, you know what, let's just do, do something related to what we're doing. But let's do something that really allows us to build a business around what's important to us. So for her, she wanted to get married and have kids. I wanted to use my finance degree and because I really enjoyed the business more than I did doing the business. And so I thought, you know, one of the needs is people don't know how to run a business. So why don't we teach them how to run a business? And that's how I ended up here. I love it. So the Per Collective is teaching entrepreneurs to become better entrepreneurs in essence, learning the more yes. the business end of being an entrepreneur because most of them yes. learn after failures um and so you help them avoid that yes because i've had my share of near failures so i think that that usually is a trigger for a lot of us and in knowing that i had a business degree and i still faced potential failure a couple of times it was really important to me to take that experience and turn it into something that, that would help others avoid what I went through. So it was an interesting journey to get to where we are today. And we have a great team and you know, we are 100% virtual and have been for almost 14 years. We've been in business 15 years. So it's um, it's been a long time that we've been in the digital world. So we were a little ahead of the curve on a lot of the things that we were doing. And uh, I certainly have learned a lot for sure. <laughs> No doubt. Oh, I, oh, you, I, I love when I have OG entrepreneurs or digital <laughs> entrepreneurs on because you, you, you've seen so much, so many changes, but still this for me, I, I like, I'm looking at it from the podcasting world there. I've seen so many different changes. I've been in it for a decade now, but for social media, it's, we forget that it's been around, it's nearly, nearly 20 years now that we have had social media and you've been there for nearly all of it. So you've seen these algorithm changes and all this over time. What is it? What are, what are tips maybe you can have for entrepreneurs trying to leverage um, social media over the okay. time? That, that is a great business general question. And let me just kind of answer it in a very complex way. Uh, Love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, we all have to be a part of whatever is right here in front of us. This really interesting period of time where we are dealing with, we've been through COVID, we've been through the recession, or at least I have a few times. And uh, in seeing what needs to happen in growing our businesses, we have to remember that we have a lot of stuff coming at us. The number of things that we're seeing coming at us every single day that require us to make decisions, it's just overwhelming. So I would say that one of the things I've learned over time, and I'm still learning it, is to try to keep your business as simple as possible. Make sure that whatever kind of business you're doing in the digital world, that you know exactly what you're going for, you have a game plan, you have a budget, you understand what it's gonna to take to get there and keep it simple. Don't try to go do 10 things at once, try to do one thing really well. So dive in deep, don't try to take on three or four niches, go for one niche, one product, and one method of getting leads. And in the digital world today, that's just a piece of it, is just getting leads to your business and getting traffic to your business. But just try to keep it simple. Find the places where your people are hanging out and make uh, choices based on what you know that they're paying attention to. In my particular industry, Instagram happens to be the hot ticket for us right now. Um, although TikTok is coming on, but we stay simple when it comes to social media. We stay simple because you can't be an expert at all of the different types of social media, nor do you have the time or energy or money to go out and really get your uh, brand out there in all the different types of social media. So keep it simple. I love it. I love that. Keep it simple. And it resonates in all, all industries in business and your social media marketing and your podcasting or whatever, just keep it as simple as possible because that's easiest right. to scale when it comes time to scale. Um, with your journey and being in the industry for so long, where do you see with the in invent of uh, AI now coming into uh, <laughs> disrupting everything at once and not just one industry at a time? Where do you see social media going now that AI is, is has popped up on the scene? That is a great question, too. I'm not totally sure of where it's going to go. And I've been reading about AI for probably three or four years now, just trying to understand it and where it might be. A part of our lives, but you have to look at your industry. How likely is your industry going to be to accept that as a way of doing business? And for example, in my industry, it's uh, it's a little bit slower for them to adapt to new technologies. And so when I was breaking all the rules 15 years ago, it took a while to train people to do marketing or do business with us in the way that we were doing business because it was so unheard of. At that time, designers hardly even knew how to use a computer and a mouse. So literally, there were people teaching classes and how to use a computer. And now, of course, that's totally different. So in terms of AI and how it's going to help things, I think it will help over time. But again, you have to look at your industry and say, is my industry ready for this? And you have time now to kind of understand it, but not a whole lot of time because AI is something that is um, rapidly just hitting us hard. And I, we all have interactions with AI all the time. You go to Amazon and you go buy something on Amazon. AI is a big part of that. 
purchasing process. So we are using it whether we realize it or not. So you first develop an awareness, uh, develop an interest in it, start researching it and figure out, does your industry, are they ready to adopt it? Because they may not be. That is, uh, it's true. Uh, and like you said, you were disrupting your industry well before disruptors were probably a, a thing. Um, what is, what was it like bringing people to the awareness, like your industry to using Instagram? I, I, I want to go back because this is so interesting because I know people who are going to be listening to this and they're going to be like, what happens if I face these these issues where people don't understand the, the stuff that I want to sell to them? Like people didn't understand Instagram or Twitter or social media back in 2007, 2008 and didn't understand the marketing potential, but you did. So what was it like trying to convince these people? It was interesting, let me tell you, because um, I started a blog in December of 2007 and no one in our industry was blogging, not a single soul. And there were other people doing business consulting, but they had never really thought about how do I take this online? How do I do a business online? And we started um, from day one, really in October of 2007, we had our first big event. This is really kind of a crazy story, but we found somebody and we used a joint venture, which again, that was pretty new for a lot of people to use joint ventures. We found someone that had a list. She had 700 on her list. And we said, hey, let's partner up on doing um, this big telesummit. And I don't know if you even know what that is. It's tell something. Yeah, I, I, I do know what a tell something <laughs> is. I'm not that young. Um, okay. But I, I do. I grew up with the internet, so I do understand what a tell summit is. I, I okay. haven't participated in a tell summit, but I am aware what a tell summit is. All right. So we put one together. Hadn't ever done that before. We didn't even really have an official website at that particular point. And in October of 2007 um, or 2008, we did this joint venture with this person and she helped do the sales letter. She did all the email campaign. We ended up with 296 people buying tickets to our event. We brought in $86,000 in our first month of revenue. And I looked at Aaron, who was partnering with me, and I said, OK, now we can stop our interior design business. Not quite yet but we can start this business. And of course, what happens in October of 2008? Again, this is probably a little bit from the storybooks for you, but it was really the beginning of the recession when the housing bubble hit. And oh my God, that was just so hard for us because we had this great event. We made good money in that very first day, uh, month of revenue and then poof, it's all gone. And so we spent the next four years trying to figure out how in the heck do we go back and do that again? And it just, it took us a few years to figure out what we were doing. And so, you know, here we are 15 years later, we're still standing, but we almost didn't stand at least twice. <laughs> Dang, two body shots and you're still standing from. Uh, still standing, still standing. It, yep. It just shows how, how impressive and how knowledgeable you are on building businesses, but also helping uh, others take their marketing and their business to the next level? Well, it's just, a, 
I guess I'm lucky. I've got both sides of the brain going and I love to learn. So I, I literally read about a book a day. And so that's just one of the things I do because I know that in order for me to stay ahead of my clients and the industry and the changes happening, you have to be ahead of the curve. So if you're not willing to put in the time, and I don't always have time to read every single day, but I really try hard to do that and try to get through a book a day because there's so much incredible information out in the world. And if you can continue to grow and be a little bit ahead of the curve and read not just in one area, but read in multiple areas, read about stuff that doesn't even make sense. I just finished reading 11 Rings by Phil Jackson and is talking about the basketball world. That wow, the amazing stories that he had and the incredible things you can learn about how people think and how to survive and how to influence others, how to lead. That book is great for that. And so that was not something I expected to read, but it was on my reading list with Amazon, good old AI. And so I thought, okay, I'll read this. And I thought, that's pretty darn good. And I'm not even a basketball aficionado. I don't even really like sports. <laughs> but I, I think you're touching on something that's super important. I, th I think not enough people talk about it, but it's the knowledge that you can gain from books. Like I'm impressed that you read a book a day. I, I I'm I'm struggling at a book a week, and I used to be a voracious reader when I was younger. Like I I finished the Harry Potter book in like four hours. The one, one I remember that one of the thicker ones. Four hours, just finished that book. My parents were furious with me because they're like, "That was supposed to last you the month." Well, but darn. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it lasted four hours. Um, I want to know where do you find the time in your day do you schedule specific times just to sit down and read yes i absolutely do so i get up early i have a cat that wakes me up early every day and i don't have a choice might as well get up i go exercise and then i usually just shower get ready for the day get dressed and i sit down and read for at least an hour a day and sometimes uh, about eight o'clock at night i'll read for another hour to two hours and um, what is so fun about this for me is that, of course, my clients are big readers too. I get lists of books and I literally have Amazon coming to my house all the time. <laughs> my husband says, what in the world are you doing? And I have stacks of books. But what I have found is this, and this is a really interesting fact that might be interesting to your listeners that if you find someone who is really an expert in a field, they've probably spent 15 years or more researching in that field, understanding that field, spending a lot of time in the trenches. And if you can read that book in a day or two days, you have just absorbed 15 years of experience and knowledge in one day. So isn't that crazy? That I never thought of it that way. But yeah, it, it's that? so true. Well, guess what? What if you read five books on the same topic in a row and you have different perspectives and then all of a sudden your brain starts gluing all these little disparate little points together, connects these dots in really interesting ways. And then you've got 75 years of knowledge within, you could do that in a week. Wow. Think about that. Doesn't that blow your mind? I can't think of questions. Um, I'm just like, okay, I need to start doing this more. Um, how, 
is your shortcut. It's a it's a it's a heck of a shortcut. And like I say that about podcasts, like because you get an hour, sometimes 30 minutes of a mastermind like this, 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 this last two minutes or five minutes to where you just spoke that 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 is a gold, golden knowledge and like the tips from before. And Jesus, there's so much gold in this episode. I love it. I can't wait to listen back to it. <laughs> um, I, I do want to focus a little bit more on you. Because you're the you're very successful in what you've done, um, and what you've been able to help your clients get and accomplish. Was there a moment that you were able to reach a goal or a dream or a bucket list item that you were able to cross off, and you you look back and you're like, "This is why I do what I do. This is why I started the Pearl Collective." I say that almost every day and I am so fortunate because I work with hundreds of entrepreneurs and um, I've built an, an incredible team. My team is amazing and they've been with me for years. Um, like my second in command has been with me. She's going on her 18th year with me. We started in the interior design business and we, we ended up doing this and neither of us had a training for it, but we started doing it. And um and what's been interesting is not just working with my clients, but working with my team to help them grow and to help them develop skills and develop leadership talent is something that is very rewarding. Because here's the deal. If you want to be successful in life, you have to have a team. And if you want to work hard, you don't have a team. So if you want to be successful build a team around you and make sure that that team is happy. Make sure that they're feeling um, appreciated, well compensated, that they're challenged, they have autonomy, that they are growing in what they're doing. And if you can do that, they will take care of your clients. So as you build your company, the faster you build team, then the faster you build a strong culture, the faster you're gonna get results and it all impacts your bottom line. And the reality is, and I believe this with all my heart, that if you are a believer in growing yourself, you can grow an incredibly biz, uh, successful business. So one of my goals is to help my clients grow personally so that they can grow professionally. And whatever it takes, even if it's a course that's not my course, I will direct them to somebody who can help them grow as individuals so that they can grow as leaders and business professionals. And what's really cool, we, we've had some amazing success stories. And I'll just share one. because Please, is please. One my, my next question was, can you share a, share a moment sure. that a client had a win that you were happy with? But your successors, please share with them. Oh, I've got so many. But uh, <laughs> I'll share this one because it's a fairly recent one. I had somebody that came to me back in, I think, 2000, about seven years ago, almost eight. And she was doing about a quarter of a million dollars of business a year. She was working on the second floor of her home. She had a part-time person working for her. She had two little kids. Her husband was working hard in his job. And at 250000 of revenue, you're not making a lot of money. And you're working your tail off. And she said, I need help. And she was intimidated as heck to spend the money and come and do a VIP day with me. So she did her first VIP day. and today. She is um, running somewhere in the neighborhood of $4 million in her revenue. And what's even more incredible is that she started building out uh, product lines. She is expanding. We've helped her build a leadership team. 
and she decorated the White House over Christmas. So how cool is that? Wow. Yeah. That, wow. If that's not a success story, I don't know what is. My God. Started yeah. in 2007 with you. Now is doing like seven going years from, ago. Seven years ago. Sorry, so. sorry. Seven years ago, doing mm-hmm. just shy of a quarter million dollars. Then seven years later, doing four million, probably four million plus at this point, and had the opportunity to decorate the White House over Christmas. See, those just by themselves, huge wins combined that's a massive win for you mike not just for you but for your client obviously for your client huge massive win but that's a huge success story for you and it shows the power of what you're doing you know what's really cool about it too is that her husband a couple of years ago during the covid period left his business that he or the job he had and started his own business and he was able to do that. And I have to share one more story because this is so cool. share, share away, please. Just know that this is your podcast. I'm just the dude who drives the train. Uh, you know, this is a really funny one. It was, again, some years ago. And this client signed up for one of my programs. Again, started with a VIP because that's where they all start. And we were, and I told her, I said, you can bring your husband with you. And he's an attorney. So he came and he's listening and there are times that people are going through this day with me and they are in tears because we hit so many deep chords in their life because it's very personal running your own business and it's very scary and it's stressful and you need somebody who understands your journey to be able to be there for you and support you. So her husband's sitting here listening to me talking about some things and I was talking to him about productivity of the team and the numbers that it requires for you to be successful financially. Cause I do financial models for people like a three-year financial model. And so all of a sudden he just jumps up and he says, Oh my God, I knew I was right. And I kind of looked at him and I looked at Leanne and I said, uh, okay, so what did you know was right? And he said, I've been telling my law firm for years that they needed to be paying attention to productivity and they won't listen to me. So he leaves the room. We don't see him again until dinner time. And then I saw her six weeks later and we were at an event that I was hosting at our big high point market, which is our furniture show. She walks up about this far in front of my face and she said, you started a law firm. (laughs) And I'm sitting there going, huh? (laughs) What are you talking about? And she said, yep, he went back. He talked to his, the owners of the company. They wouldn't make any changes. He said, fine, I'll go out and start my own business. He now has two locations. These two are kicking butt. And um, it is so cool to watch that. And I've got so many other stories like that. It's just the craziest, but I love it because so many of the spouses come thinking, oh, this is going to be boring. I'm not going to have anything to do. I'm not going to like it. But guess what? We have seen more of them join their wife's businesses or husband's businesses because all of a sudden they see that this is a business where you can really make a great living and build your wealth. So anyway, I, like I said, I could go on for hours telling you stories. I I love it because it just reinforces that I'm one, I'm picking the right entrepreneurs to come on my podcast because they're they have amazing stories like that. So for me, it validates that I'm doing something right, but also it gives gives the listeners something like, hey, 
like wins like this are possible. Like working with you is possible and uh, uh, you can achieve your dreams. Cause like how many lawyers are now listening going, yeah, I've been telling my law firm that, Oh wait, Gail knows this. Or like, I can, I can do it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I can start my law firm and do everything I need to like giving that spark so that they can go out on their own and do what they can. I love it. I love hearing these wins from my entrepreneurial guests. Cause it's it, one, it reinforces how awesome being an entrepreneur is because you get to see these wins, the cha- life-changing wins that you get to do. Plus, you get to take credence. Uh, you created a law firm. Congratulations. <laughs> well, yes, I, I've even helped somebody who has his own business selling microscopes. And <laughs> it was the same thing. I ended up coaching him in his wife's session. So I said, do you mind if I coach him? I'd be happy to do that. <laughs> So, um, and they are another incredible story. So anyway, I could I lo- just go I love that. I telling all the stories. Oh, you should have your own podcast telling these stories. But anyways, <laughs> you do. You do. do. Oh, of course you do. Of course you do. What, what am I, what am I getting? All right. So we are coming to the end of the episode, which I really, really despise, but <laughs> we have to be committed to these time frames. So, okay, I'm going to ask you the spark question of the show. As my audience knows, it comes from Yes Theory, an amazing organization to help you seek discomfort. So I highly suggest you go check it out. There's over 150 questions that I'm not asking because they don't relate to entrepreneurialism. But here we go. If you could look into the future, what would you want to know? Mm, If I could look into the future, know what I want to know. Hmm. Well, I would probably want to know my expiration date. Okay. <laughs> Here's why. One of the books I read this week, and it was talking about the four thousand weeks. And we uh, we have if you're 80, if you hit eighty, you're going to have four thousand weeks or so on the planet. So I like I'd like to know my expiration date so I can get my game plan together and get it all dialed in so I can figure out what I'm doing because I like to plan. I like that. That's that's an interesting answer. To, just just so I can plan to it, not how I die. I just tell me when, so I know I can get everything in order. So when it comes to it, I'm like, all right, let's go. Bet we're good. Yeah, like I've that. done my thing. I haven't. Uh, I'm not going to regret anything. I will have done all the things I intended to do, and and I will have made my contribution to the world. Whatever small that. amount it's going to be, I will know, and I will get it done. Oh, I can already tell you, you've already done massive changes. If uh, if oh, yeah. just two of those stories have are come true, you've created legacy le- wealth probably as well by teaching them this and they're going to teach their kids and so forth and so forth. So Gail, with that said, I'm going to jump off screen. I'm going to let you have the last little bit. Please let my audience know where they can follow you, where they can work with you, because obviously just those two success stories already wants me to work with you. So the floor is yours. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Phil. It's a pleasure being on your show today. So for all of you who are entrepreneurs, I'm not here to sell you on myself. It's really to sell you on yourself because what matters is what you believe in yourself. And if you are really determined to establish an, an incredible business, all you need to work on is yourself and put a plan together and make sure that you find people along the way to work with you and treat them well. And also look for coaches and consultants who can help you along your journey. And whether it's me or someone else, find somebody that fits you and that can lead you along the path 
to the success that you want because you are worthy of it. it. You have to decide you're worthy of it. So if you'd like more information about me, you can look me up at thepearlcollective.com or gaildoby.com, G-A-I-L-D-O-B-Y.com. Awesome. Gail, can't thank you enough for being on the show. It was a pleasure, pleasure. talking with you learning about you and having you share those wisdom. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to re-listening to this episode and reading the transcript to pull out the goldness and send it along to uh, other friends. Cause I think uh, this episode is going to be very important for them to hear. So I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It was my pleasure. Well, thanks so much. It was great meeting you. It's a pleasure to my audience. Of course, if you want to connect with Gail, the show notes will have all the links. Make sure you go click on that, follow her and learn all about the Pearl Collective and how they can help you uh, invest in yourself, which is the most important thing. And what I always say at the end of the show is remember to invest in yourself.